This is M.I.P. With Masamela Mafumo. Mark Thompson. Get woke. Ladies and gentlemen, time for another edition of our favorite segment, Thursday Coast with the founder of the largest online progressive community, Daily Coast, the host of the ever-popular, ever-growing podcast, The Brief, and the founder of Civics with a Q. Marcos Melitsis is here with us. How are you, buddy? Doing great. How are you doing, Mark? Just fine, just fine. We'll just begin with two words, a proper name, Mike Johnson. Oh, Where did this dude... First of all, I, I, I talked with Congresswoman Jasmine Crockett. She told me, a lot of people don't know this. I don't know if you knew, knew this. His district is over 30% black in Shreveport. So mm. somebody's not doing their job down there, I don't guess, in terms of getting folks mobilized because that dude is extremely vulnerable. That's number one, Shreveport. Number two, he's just been under the radar. A lot of people just finding out about this character. Where was he back during all these other speaker nominations? How did, it's like he just emerged overnight and now he's there and now he's super MAGA. He was one of the insurrectionist apologists, if not organizers, uh, homophobe, doesn't believe in secular government, national abortion ban promoter and a and person who agrees with that, supporter. So we got it. We got, and wait a minute, this other thing she said to me, he voted against the most recent continuing resolution or the most recent budget piece that, that they negotiated with McCarthy. So yep. what makes anybody think he's going to keep the government open? Okay. Right. I don't know if you even noticed if it's just coming in that he claims to have a black yes. adopted daughter. Right. And so he knows all about racism because. Well, now is it a daughter now? Cause a little while ago it was a son named Michael, but nobody's seen the person. Oh, it, it's a son. Okay. I, I'm seeing. Do they have any pictures yeah. yet? No, no pictures yet. Yeah. And they're showing lots of pictures of his very white family. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that, that hasn't been resolved yet. Yeah, that hasn't yeah. been resolved yet. I'm impressed that he got the vote. And it really, I think he just had the best timing, to be honest. Like he sat back and it got to a point where they had two options, either went with this guy or they had to work with Democrats on some kind of power sharing agreement. And all those 18 Biden district moderates and those people who had been holding out in vote after vote because Republicans kept putting up insurrectionists, they all caved. And Mark, they're gone. Every single one of them, because I don't think they could have, I don't think Matt Gates could have been worse. And this guy does not believe in democracy, quite literally does not believe in democracy. He's a theocrat. He says that all decisions come from God, not the Constitution. He is, he is, I'll, I'll put it this way. We've talked about this time and time again, Mark, how the Democrats won in a midterm election, owning the White House with a relatively, no, like literally not very popular Joe Biden. They won that election because of two reasons, because of democracy and the Republican assault on democracy and because of abortion. And the Republicans just doubled down one of Trump's impeachment defenders who was very much wrote 
the legal facade to justify trying to overturn the 2020 elections. It is virulently anti-abortion in the worst, worst ways. This guy is off the charts. They just literally doubled down on the things that lost them the midterm election. And they just said, you know what? We're going to elevate the poster child for this. And it is going to be easy to wrap Mike Johnson around the neck of all of those 18 Biden district Republicans. They were already on thin ice. They're done. And not just them. We're talking moderate district, even those slightly leaning Trump districts, the kind of places that we've been winning in the last several years. They're in trouble because in all the midterm elections, we've been, we saw this in 2022. In 2022, in special elections, Democrats were overperforming Joe Biden's district numbers by about five and a half points. That is why, despite the Republican gerrymander in the House, they only were able to pick up, I think, nine seats in 2022 because Democrats overperformed Joe Biden's numbers by five and a half points. Right now, we're overperforming Joe Biden's numbers by six and a half points. It's an even bigger overperformance. And that's before Mike Johnson even showed up on the scene. So I don't understand what Republicans think they're doing, but they just guaranteed that they will lose the House. And this may very well cost them taking taking the Senate despite a very favorable map. So it is bizarre. But I will say this. He did what no other Republican can do. I don't think this guy's, I don't think he's dumb, Mark. I think this one's smart. I don't want to, he is, he's crazy and his views are <laughs> toxic. I don't think he's dumb. And so I would be very careful about underestimating his ability to do damage. I don't think, I don't think he's gonna, he's gonna be able to hold the house. I think he's gonna cost the house. He's never raised money. For other people, this is a thing that party leaders do. McCarthy, over the last six years, raised $77 million for House candidates. This guy hasn't raised a dime for anybody, not himself. And he hasn't even raised that much because it's a safe district. So on so many different levels, he's going to cost them. But I wouldn't under I wouldn't uh, estimate his ability to do damage in the next what year that that he's going to be speaker. Weighing on this, and as always, you've talked me down. I listen to the Twitters and the Instagrams. It would appear, as a matter of fact, there's a poll I just saw today. Let me find that too. But it would appear, yeah, actually, it's a Gallup piece. I'll share that in a minute. It would appear that Biden is losing some support himself because of Israel policy. And now there's a, a, a spurgeoning movement, especially amongst young people. There's a report now, Gallup is saying that he has slipped 11 points amongst Democrats in the month of October alone. This is just Gallup saying this. This was posted a few hours ago. How real, I mean, w without what's going on in Israel, Obviously, Mike Johnson is a boom for us. But do you put any stock into the speculation now? Even some of the things that the people are saying, they're not going to support Biden. They're not going to vote, especially a lot of young people. And I don't agree with this. I'm just telling you what people are starting to say, because he is helping 
to enable Israel's violent response that's going on in the humanitarian crisis in Gaza. Is this an Achilles heel for Biden, do you think? Nah. So the number one rule of polling is to never ever depend on a single poll because outliers happen. And particularly if you're talking about a subsample, it's the poll, I think the standard Gallup is 800 people. A third of them will be Democrats. So you're looking at 300 of those, maybe 250. The margin of error is big and you get these sort of big fluctuations. And civics, which polls every single day, it is flat. Joe Biden, it's not moving. The only place where he's moving, weirdly, it's he's got a slight uptick among independent men. And even that may be noise. It's just a couple of points. No, it's not moving. People, public opinion doesn't change that way. And I, I think this is what people don't quite understand. There has to be a seismic shift of public opinion to, to, to shift. Even drilling down into Democratic men, uh, sorry, Democratic young people, I'm not seeing any change. So if you see several pollsters showing that, then that's a different story. But right now, I haven't seen any corroboration of that. So I would not read, I would not read too much into it. The Israel-Palestine issue is incredibly polarizing. It is it splits two parts of the core democratic base. But I, I don't see any evidence that, yeah, I'm not seeing any evidence that it's actually having a, a statistical impact. There are going to be people who are going to be pissed, clearly. But not in any statistically valid way that I can see right now. Doesn't mean it might not show up. I'm not making any predictions here. I'm just saying that, and obviously I trust our data with civics and because we're polling every single day. And so you don't get these weird statistical, any statistical fluctuation yesterday will be smoothed out today. And that's the advantage of civics, that, that we can see when movement happens. And I'm not seeing any movement right now. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at, at civics now. So yeah, that is significant. There is, I, I checked that, there is no movement in civics. But, but I did notice this. I think one of the, I can't keep up with how many House Speaker votes they had. Like I said, I was talking to the Congresswoman. She couldn't even remember either. But it was one of the, one of the more recent, like maybe the next to the last or something. Yeah. And no one... Democrats are being, this issue is being raised and Democrats and media is putting out there whether the polls are accurate or not. And I noticed when Democrats were speaking to the press before they went in to vote, they, it's like they've been listening to you or listening to us. They didn't say anything about Israel, anything else. This is a few days ago, obviously before the, the, the shooting in Maine. Man, they were talking about Roe. Every other word was Roe. Yeah. Hakeem, yeah. That, Hakeem was like, Roe, Roe. And it was a row, row. I said, they, they know, because at the end of the day, and I've been saying that to even some of the young people I, I'm, I'm around, I said, as much as we may want the two-state solution and democracy in Palestine, we all want that. But are we really, we got to walk and shoot. We got to, not only do we have to say we want democracy over there, but we got to maintain democracy over here too. We don't forfeit that. And then get Trump in office and things even worse than they were before. So if you don't vote, you're voting for Trump. Mark, we don't want to hear it. We're, we're finished. We're finished. And I know people feel that way today. Hopefully people will change their minds next by next year. And hopefully this conflict won't go on long. But I took note of that, man. Every other word. And then the assistant Democratic leader, Roe, 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 Aguiar, who nominated Hakeem and Roe. I don't I didn't hear it. I don't even remember what else they said. 
I just, I'm just like, I just like mumbling. Row. Row. So, I mean, we got to keep reminding people of that. And if this clown Mike Johnson and them actually try to put some legislation mm. out there. Pfft. Yeah, it was fascinating. We knew, right, we, we were talking about Dobbs when it was leaked. And I was saying, this thing's going to have legs. This thing's going to have a huge impact in 2022. And it wasn't until early October that Democrats started running ads. October last year, a month before the election, on choice. I, I think they were scared. They didn't know what to think. It seemed pretty obvious to, to me and to you we were talking about this. It was, but there was a lot like, oh, women, it'll fade. And so people don't like having their rights lost. The issue is even more resonant today than it was last October and November because more and more people are affected. You're seeing this in the pages of People Magazine all the time. These, these horror stories out of Texas and uh, people having just horror stories about women carrying unviable fetuses and dangerous life-threatening situations and they can't get an abortion for medical reasons. Not, not even talking about unwanted children or anything like that. These horror stories are really starting to to resonate, you have states losing their OBGYNs because they're not going to stick around in places like Texas and Idaho and places where that have criminalized healthcare. And the issue is even more fraught from Republicans than it was last year. And Republic and Democrats, they learned like they, they won big in large part because of, of the abortion issue. And again, it's even more resonant today than it was last year. And it will be even more next year. This is a steamrolling issue. And yeah, they're going to they're gonna double, triple, quadruple down on it because between that and the democracy issue, the, the danger to our very core right to vote, to be a free and pluralistic society, it's going to be on the ballot. And Republicans, they, they could have gone a more moderate route and even a, a power-sharing agreement with Democrats. You do that, Mark, and you take away the 20 best Democratic pickup opportunities are off the board. Because then they can go say, like, we're working with Democrats, right? Like, you can, and and totally would it make it harder for us to take the House next year. In fact, I wanted that because for the sake of our country and because of Ukraine and just having a budget. But I was always like, you know what? This is, this is if they pull this off, this is going to screw us in our efforts to retake the House. That's not an issue anymore. They pick the side. They picked the wrong side, and then we're going to take them all out next year. And I actually do think this is going to have consequences in the Senate, too. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Do we have any sense, though, because they went through all these other people, this still still seems like this dude just literally came out of nowhere at the last minute hey. and then just got it. I was like, when they even, it's gotten to the point where no one had any expectations. Every time they announce somebody, they lose. They get this dude. And, and I'm trying to figure out, what, do we have any sense of how and what and why that happened? You said he must be intelligent. Maybe he is, but still, who knew? Where, where did he come from? I think it was a keen sense of timing. And, and Mark, the, the night before on my Slack, when his candidacy came out, I said, what makes these guys think that they're, they can do what the other guys couldn't? I, I was like, this guy's an idiot. Like, everybody else failed. And then, and then they were saying, like, we got the votes. And I'm like, yeah, they all said they got the votes, like creating false momentum. So why are we going to believe this guy? 
And then we, I woke up in the morning and I was like, holy crap, he actually, he's going to have the vote. I think timing. I think timing and the realization, if not him, the only other option is the power sharing agreement with the Democrats. And that scared everybody. I don't understand why, Mark. Those moderates that were voting against all those extremist Republicans, this would have given them the best re-election message possible. Talk about like, we're not radical Republicans. We're not enabling the worst of Republicans. We are bipartisan. Everybody claims they like bipartisanship, right? What, what, there's nothing more bipartisan than saying we saved the Senate by teaming up with, with Democrats. It would have neutered the Democratic message next year. Because the people who are voting for Matt Gates and whatever, they're all in safely Republican districts. None of those are going to lose re-election. So the very people we are targeting could have immunized themselves. Now, they may worry that they may have not survived the Republican primary. That was a big part of it, I'm sure. But I don't know. I, I think they have, they'd have a better shot at, at winning a Republican primary than, the, than a general election against a Democrat in these Biden districts. Yeah. No. I, well, yeah. But no, I'm with you, Mark. Like, he did what... <laughs> He, it was a shock. It was a shock that he pulled off, but nobody else could. Yeah. Before I forget, though, I just want to go. I just reminded myself. I just asked you about this a minute ago, but I, I just want to go back. And I'm looking at civics again myself. The one of the states where the most noise is being made is Michigan. Large Muslim population. Battleground state, electoral votes, all that. Biden needs that state. Young people in Michigan are saying no to Biden because of Gaza. But I'm looking at civics and I don't see, based upon your polling, I don't see any movement in Michigan either. Come to think of it. Yeah, nothing, just nothing's moving a number. You see how flat they are. Yeah, very People flat. People are pretty baked in when it comes to Biden. And the same thing with Trump. If you look at Trump's numbers, they're not moving either. Everybody's, they're, they're known commodities. Everything is baked in. There are going to be angry voices and they're just, you're going to hear them because they're angry. But uh, just fundamentally, it, it it just doesn't have that big of a mystical response, right? It's just I, yeah, yeah. I'm looking, you're looking no, at the numbers. I'm looking at. I, I just don't yeah, see yeah. it. And and forgive me, I, I won't belabor it. We explained last time we talked the source of my PTSD and how I'm still in 1979. So we just don't want that to repeat itself in in a real sense. What's it, your? Oh wait, I'm sorry. Oh, I was going to say, what I'm seeing is Joe Biden amongst young people from in Michigan from 63 approved, 16 disapproved, to 62 approved, 17 disapproved. That's a net two-point shift. That's statistical noise. Yeah. And it may be a trend. We'll see in, in a couple of weeks if there's a, a bigger trend. But, but Biden's never been particularly popular with young people. He's adult. <laughs> so... Mind they don't you have folks, to like him. They just have to vote for him. I want to remind everybody, we've been doing this so long. Marcos and I were not fans of Biden as a running mate pick. And we weren't terribly excited about him as a nominee either because he's the old white dude. Not policy-wise, you know, Biden's cool and all that, but we he's just been didn't... better than expected. I will he's say been, that. Yeah, yeah, he's been... Yeah, but I'm saying up to that point, oh, he had yeah, done yeah. a lot of his policy. History wasn't, yeah, he, yeah, his was great. And I was very vocal about the fact that Biden was largely 
responsible for the confirmation of Clarence Thomas. He let that get through. That's the risk you take. But then we all got on a message and understood that you might need an old white dude to beat another old white dude who dies, happens just so happens to die his hair. And I think we need, I think he might've been the only person who would have beat Trump. Yeah, yeah, be. I mean, under circumstances, so you needed that. But so now, but again, I was talking to another guest about the house race in Virginia. And everything isn't perfect, but they have a chance to get win the house in Virginia in, the, in a couple of weeks. And she used a phrase, one of the union organizers in SCIU down in Virginia, she used the phrase, Marcos. I said, because I asked her, what is going to change for home care workers if you can win the house in Virginia, home care workers in Virginia, which are about 20,000, of which still aren't paid enough, still don't have sick days, all of that. How's that going to appreciably change? She said, Mark, it may not change much, but this is what she said. At least we'll be able to hold the line. And I said, you just said something right there. I need, can I ask if I could use it? I'm going to use it. Folks, we got to hold the line. Because if we don't, and the, the Mike Johnsons and the Trumps do what they do, every little thing we've gotten is gone. And more that they have gotten, haven't gotten to yet will be gone. That's a, she gave me that. That's, I think that's going to be my theme for 2024. Hold <laughs> the line. By I the will, I will say this, Mark. I, I, my aspirations are a little loftier than that. Okay. My aspirations are, it's tough. But if we if we can if we can upgrade our seat in Arizona, so cinema's gone, we get Ruben Gallego. All we need is to pick one more seat, and we got to fold everything, including Joe Manchin in West Virginia. But all we got to do is maybe we take out maybe we take out what's his face in in Texas, Ted Cruz. Maybe we take out Ted Cruz in Texas. We now have the votes to get rid of the filibuster. We get rid of the filibuster, we get D.C. statehood. It's doable, Mark. It's not likely because the map is tough. It is doable. We get D.C. as a state. Suddenly the Senate looks a lot different. Let's get Puerto Rico. Again, I don't want to assume Puerto Rico because Puerto Ricans get to make that choice for themselves. But Puerto Rico statehood is a possibility. It is a much different situation. And then you're talking about voting rights reform. Like there's things that can happen. I think the House is, I always, I've always been very positive, very optimistic about the House. Senate's been tough, but the conditions are being created for a major upset somewhere in that map. And if it doesn't happen in 2024, at least holding the ground from a electoral standpoint means that in 2026, then we can maybe get that majority. It's doable. So yeah, we got to hold the ground because, uh, <laughs> holy crap, we know what they want to do. But I actually think there's a lot of really exciting things. And, and when I wake up in the morning, I'm not excited about just holding what we have because we saw what we lost. The Supreme Court's going to keep chipping away. This court is, so we need a Senate that will put limits on that Supreme Court, whether it's expanding the court, whether it, whatever it takes we can actually move forward. And I don't think there's anything that motivates me more than D.C. statehood, Mark. Like on every level, on just the righteousness of it, the fairness of it, the empowerment, and the, the impact on that Senate math. Senate math. I, that's what I want. That's what gets me up. That's what makes me want to fight. Good. 
That's, that's, that's why we need you. We need your optimism. You're absolutely right. What's your take on the latest in Gaza and in Israel? And folks, uh, Marcos still writes all the time, and he's got a piece up now about the UN Security Council vote, and he explains in writing what he spoke to us on the air about the relationship between Netanyahu and Putin and, and Syria and how that comes together. But what's your take on where things are? I, think, I, I do think, however, largely public opinion is turning out to be greatly concerned about the humanitarian crisis in Gaza. Interesting thing about the Biden administration is that they seem to be wanting to have Israel hold off on a ground invasion because there are hostages. And this first time last night on the news, first time I heard a number, a specific number, they, they said there are 200 now and that the Western allies, the United States and others are trying to negotiate freedom for those hostages, trying to get Israel to hold off. I, I think that people are as much now probably equally decrying Hamas's actions and almost equally as much decrying what they're seeing as the deaths of many civilians in Gaza who are not Hamas. Yeah, I know it's it, in this climate, sometimes it seems impossible to do, but you can believe that Hamas is a menace to the world, that Bibi Netanyahu is a menace to the world, that targeting civilians either side is morally repugnant and should be avoided at all costs. And I would add, which starts to get more, more controversial, that Israel has a right to defend itself and its borders. That doesn't mean you indiscriminately kill civilians. And it's a, a shitty situation, Mark. And it is actually a function of the United States. And I think it's European allies, too, that Israel hasn't gone in guns blazing, leveling all of Gaza. They remember they demanded civilians leave in 24 hours. And what was that? Ten, two weeks ago, 10 days, two yeah, weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. And they still haven't gone in. And I think a large part is because there's they Israel's realizing that they will lose a lot of that moral high ground and support. And, and a lot of its bombings already, you know, put them perilously close to that. And I, I understand that Hamas has, you know, they'll, they're, they'll set up their firing, their rocket firing. And last night they did another barrage of, of rockets towards Israel. They set them up next to schools, next to targets that, that Israel hits, and then there is collateral damage. And that is problematic in a lot of ways. Is I actually do think that Israel has the way to be more surgical about it. And they're choosing to be brutal as a message, as a way to try to subdue. And I don't think it works. I don't think killing civilians leads to... A, greater environment for peace, right? Because you got ra radicalized people who've lost their family, their children, their parents. They breed further future terrorism. I don't know, they've been going at it for thousands of years. This is clearly not working. So I would hope that out of this, we get rid of Bibi Netanyahu. There's a lot of evidence that he actually encouraged the growth of Hamas as a way to divide the Palestinian people. He created this problem. The Israeli press is not sugarcoating that at all. He is in deep political crap. And once this crisis passes, I, th I think he's done. That would be ideal. 
I would love to see something more, more moderate, more willing to negotiate come out of, out of the Palestinian camp. I'm not sure how that would look like, what that might look like. And my people in the Middle East and that region who have worked for peace have gotten assassinated. It's just, <laughs> it's, it's a thing. You sign a peace treaty, you get assassinated. And so it, it just, it's a challenging problem. I'm not sure what the solution is, but I'm not sure either side is particularly interested in peace. And th this is where you get a mismatch in personal motivation and, and the reward system is that Hamas grows when innocent civilians are murdered or killed as collateral damage because you get radicalized people. It helps their cause. They like this. That's why they're trying to prevent civilians from moving out of the, out of the bombing zones. Israel, Bibi Netanyahu, his right wing, they benefit when Hamas kills Jewish citizens. It radicalizes them and it wants people want. We've talked about this before. I think probably people's number one motivation after food and uh, shelter is safety. And if you have a scary Hamas on the outskirts of Israel, people will want to vote for a BB that promises them safety, liver safety. But the sentiment will benefit the next right-wing dictator wannabe on the Israeli side, right? We promise you safety. This is the promise right now, both sides. The, the worst elements of both sides actually benefit from civilians getting killed. That's it. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what to do with that, Mark. Nobody, they get assassinated. You talk peace, you get assassinated. That's true, that's true. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. No, nobody knows what to do. And, and the other unfortunate thing about it is the, the nature of this piece has always done this, and it's intensified now. There are family members and friends falling out with each other because it's so easy, no matter what side you take or what position you take, there is emotionalism in every 10 different opinions people have on this. And I'm watching people literally who've been friends and allies for years falling out with each other. And not necessarily, not, and I'm not just talking about whether you have empathy for the Gazans or the empathy for the Israelis, but even on the, the minutia of the detail. So I'm just worried, again, y'all, I need therapy for my 79 PS, PTSD. So when, I'm, when I talk this way, I'm just saying, folks, let's not allow BB and Hamas to drive us to a point where we forget about some of this business we still have to resolve at home, okay? Let's not <laughs> fall out with each other to that point. I mean, I have very respected people been talking to, very and we don't need to vote for Biden. We need to primary Biden. I'm like, it's, 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 I mean, it's primary too, him. Yeah, it's I mean, too late. It's not going to happen. It's never worked. It's too late. And then I'm crazy. Like, I haven't been doing this for years. I, I know what I'm talking about. You cannot, that's over. He's not going to get primary. And it's whoever never, does it is not going to win. He's an incumbent president. So we got to figure, we got to yeah. just figure this out. And, and we can't allow. So when I hear the Democrats, like the thing, See, they were real. I'm, I've never heard them all say one word row as much as I did that day. Because to me, it was like them saying, which is important. Yeah. You know what I say to that, Mark? 
is, okay, great. You don't have to put your energy and money behind Biden. He'll, he'll have all the money he needs and find somebody you care about. Find a politician you care about and put your energy behind that. Maybe it's Ilan Omar. Maybe it's Rashida Tlaib. Yeah, I don't know. Just because you disagree with this Democrat doesn't mean there aren't a bunch of Democrats that may agree, you may agree with. Focus on that. There's always somebody positive. I don't know if I donated to Biden. I donated to a lot of Democrats I believe in and, and, and appreciate and think they're doing great work. And so it's easy to get upset at the one person or the group of people that you don't like or are working against the issues that you care about. So be positive, like support those that are doing what you want to do. It's actually more productive, believe it or not. <laughs> we will end on that productive and positive note, why don't we? DailyCoast.com. Check out Marcos's column. Check out CivicsWithAQ.com and check out the podcast, The Brief, wherever you get your podcasts. Marcos, thanks, buddy, as always. Thanks so much. Appreciate you. All right. Thanks for getting woke and listening to Make It Plain. As always, perform an act of kindness on behalf of an elder or young person. Write a letter to a sister brother who just so happens to find her or himself incarcerated. Offer libations to the ancestors upon whose sturdy shoulders we all now stand. And above all, give thanks to the God of your understanding by whatever name you call her and him. All God asks of us is that we give each other love. Thanks for giving MIP love. And please remember to subscribe and give us a five-star rating. If all hearts and minds are clear, it has been made plain.